This is a Socialist News and Views special interview. I'm Nick Schillingford coming to you from the Urban Cabin Studios in South Minneapolis with this special interview. Approximately 200 million people came out for a general strike March 28th and 29th across India. I reached out to Rick Majumdar, who has been on Socialist News and Views many times, to talk about the general strike and fill in the gaps and inaccuracies in the Western media account. Let's go straight to the interview. You know, Rick, you've been on the program a bunch of times now. Um, You just want to remind folks, you know, where you're based and, you know, what groups or organizations you're working with? Yeah, so um, I'm based out of Dallas, Texas, Uh, actually Arlington, Texas to be more specific. Um, And I work specifically with uh, a uh, national liberation group. Uh, It's called the National Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression. Uh, Specifically, the chapter that's in Dallas is called the Dallas Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression. Basically, we organize around police crimes um, and we're trying to establish community control of the police. Uh, And we've had some successful actions in the past. We've also organized um, a panel discussion regarding uh, the need for community control of the police, uh, where we brought in grassroots organizers from all across the country who talked about their own struggle uh, and their successes as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's great. I am. Yeah. I think, you know, the last time we were talking, we were talking about the, uh, the Indian farmers, uh, and they, you know, their victory, they had a victory and, and, and won the repeal of the big three, um, kind of corporate farm bills, uh, yeah. of the Modi administration. And you had actually returned from India a while before that. Um, you know, and now, Something that I've been looking for more information on, but it's been kind of hard in Western media, especially is on the recent uh, general strike that took place in India. Um, I believe that was on the um, that was on the 28th and 29th of uh, March, I believe. Um, And, you know, I was I was just seeing so many different things in different publications. The New York New York Times said everything was shut down. And then somebody on Twitter said, like, no, trains aren't shut down. This isn't shut down. And then The Guardian had an article about how, you know, it was a lot smaller turnout than they expected, saying something like 50 million people instead of the expected 200 million. But there was a lot of uh, things put in place restricting the ability of public employees to come out um, on strike. But overall, The Guardian article even said the strike was a big success. So, you know, just kind of wondering, what's your... uh, What's your assessment of the of the strike and 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 what took place and and what they were fighting for and whether it was a success? Yeah, so uh, I also looked at the uh, NYT article and I looked at a few other publications. I also looked at uh, an article from uh, that was sponsored by the Gates Foundation that basically said fifty million people uh, protesting, but the protest is unsuccessful. I mean, I just want to ask you a very simple question. Uh, in what universe is 50 million people protesting not a success? 
<laughs> That's a good question. No, I, I, <laughs> no, yeah, it is, it is. No, it's, it's, uh, it's very, it's like these Western publications. They will first they will undervalue the the size of the protest. Then they will underreport it, and then you know they'll make you know baseless claims about um, you know the generally the acceptance of the of the protests as well. Um, and I let let me let me let me make it like you know scientifically clear so that you know we get a size and assessment of what the uh, what the successes of this protest were. Um, essentially, you know some of the biggest. Uh, trade unions were, um, you know, were involved in this protest, right? Uh, right? Including, including CITU, which is the Center for Indian Trade Unions, which is the largest, uh, one of the largest, you know, trade unions in India that has uh, currently eight to ten million members, right? And then mm. there's the AITUC, which is the All India T- uh, Trade Union Congress, which has uh, fifteen million members. Uh, and these are just two of the largest trade unions. There's also the Hind uh, uh, Mazdoor Sabha. There's the um, Self-Employed Women's Association, Seva, All India United Trade Union Center, AIUTUC, Trade Union Coordination Center, TUCC, All India Central Council of Trade Unions, AICCTU, Labor Progressive Federation, LPF, and United Trade Union Congress UTUC. So there's so many trade unions, and in no way, if you add up all of these numbers with all of these people present, that that you'll find that you know there's um, a minimum of at least a hundred million people. And now these now these people organize in their own communities, in their own trade unions, and basically whatever sector of work they work in. So if you look at it that way, um, you can never have a number that's less than 150 or 200 million, um, mm-hmm. just by the just by the sheer size of the um, you know the num- the number of members in these trade unions, um, as well as looking at the fact that you know there was some allegations that you know daily life had stopped and there was disruptions etc. Well. The trains were running and generally, you know, people were able to, you know, people who are not, not unionized or people who had to get to places were, were seemingly, you know, fine because of the fact that, you know, these, these strikes, whenever they're conducted is connected, is conducted in a way that it does not disrupt, uh, ordinary lives of people. Yeah, sure. There's people protesting, but there's a reason for it. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, people who wanted to get medicine benefits, many people who wanted to go to the hospital, people who are in the hospital, people who want to uh, catch their flight. These, you know, there were still availabilities of transport, of uh, pathways, of so that there's no disruption of general life, as well as schools. Schools, schools have reopened again. So even school students didn't have a difficulty, as far as I know. Uh, from the ground, from from uh, you know, I I you know, I'm more close to people in Kolkata, which is uh, East India in West Bengal. Um, people people generally didn't have trouble getting to schools as well. Mm. So I I don't know what uh, the um, what the Western publications are are reporting on or the what their sources are, but this is just reports from daily activities of people that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, you talked about it a little bit. So the so the 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 reason for the strike was, um, you know, people experiencing high level of job losses. You know, incomes going down. The uh, increase in prices, especially obviously like food and fuel, as we're seeing. Um, you know, obviously the pandemic is still uh, part of the mix. Obviously, um, can you just talk a little bit about you know? When you were there, uh, when you were on the ground in India, what you know, what were uh, what were some of the conditions? What was going on as far as um, some of these high prices and, and falling wages and things? Yeah, when um, well, I actually have the their exact twelve point demands, which I can uh, which I will share with you in a minute. But on when I was there in India in in the past year in twenty twenty one between. Um, between uh, July and September, the conditions had you know really really broken down because of the fact that uh, COVID the COVID nineteen pandemic and later the Delta variant was handled very very poorly. Not only in the local administration uh, where I went to in Kolkata, uh, but also across the board in India as well, wherein you know the daily life is disrupted. The uh, the calls for a lockdown basically ruined the you know uh, daily activities of people, um, and since it was so mismanaged, um, you know people people's incomes were also disrupted. There was no there was no scheme to give some protection to the daily wage workers, wherein you know if, even if they don't work or open their shops. Uh, or you know have to go to their place of work they can still you know survive and subsist during this time um and i can actually read off the 12 point demands yeah do it what what uh, uh you know what these unions and these people had so the first demand that they had was scrapping the four the four new labor laws and the essential defense service act so these labor codes basically are replacing are supposedly going to replace 29 existing labor codes that have not been implemented yet due to the resistance from the workers unions these codes are basically you know will increase the amount of contract work they'll reduce the uh, the wages and you know fixed fixed income will also grow down they will increase the work hours and hire and hiring and firing will happen on the fly basically uh, also uh, agencies that monitor the activities of these organizations will also, you know, reduce. Um, and the EDSA, basically the uh, uh, Essential Defense Service Act, uh, prohibits, like, you know, workers from protesting against corporatization and ultimately, you know, privatization as a whole. Um, the second demand that they had was that, uh, you know, after, after the huge success of the farmers, you know, um, in 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 November last year, they, they you know they stayed out there and the Modi government was like you know forced to repeal the three uh, anti-farmer laws. But the right. the some the Samyukta Kishan Morcha, Morcha, which is the the United the uh, Peasants Front or or the United Farmers Front, uh, said that you know we you need to go even beyond this mm. to where you need to you know basically increase the minimal support price of of you know acquiring and growing crops to about 50 percent withdraw the you know electricity amendments bill stop punishing farmers from you know basically stubble burning 
withdraw false cases against farmers who were basically you know protesting and they were maligned of course um as well as provide protections to the 700 farmers who were who who basically killed during these protests by police and, and law enforcement uh bodies exact uh to be exact um the third demand is of uh, is also to abandon all privatization and scrap the national uh, monetization pipeline and what the national monetization pipeline is basically seeking to do is to basically corporatize all sort of public sector uh, entities like uh, infrastructure your energy uh, railways um etc etc making it alienating the working population uh, even more the fourth demand that they had was to have a minimum uh, of 7500 rupees uh, that's not a lot in 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 uh, us currency and we know that but still you know i mean 7500 rupees for a daily wage worker is a lot so the the demand is for 7500 rupees for uh, low income families to be guaranteed by the government like basically it's like a stimulus uh, similar to you know uh, how a stimulus check was you know, supposed to be given out in the U.S. Partially it was given, but <laughs> right? when, yeah, and then the Biden administration did not fulfill on that demand. No. Um, and then the next demand was uh, to increase the allocation. Um, basically, you know, um, the increase in guarantees of rural and urban jobs. You know, basically, if you have, you know, if you've set out to increase the amount of jobs, you should go go ahead and fulfill those. The exact demand is increase allocation of MN, uh, MGNREGA and extend employment guarantee uh, program to urban areas. Uh, the sixth demand was provide uh, universal social security for all informal sector workers. So around in India, there's uh, around 400 million people, um, which is 10% of India's uh, working population who don't don't function un, uh, under the 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 structured pattern of of work so these are like you know contract hires these are like uh, you know people who work part time these are people who basically you know do any sort of work so the the demand is to provide more protections and provide more guarantees for them uh, these are also older workers so like you know have pension schemes for them as well um, and medicare as well the seventh demand was to provide statutory minimum uh, wages and social security cover for Anganwari, Asha and midday meal and other um, scheme workers. The scheme workers are basically you know, child care workers and they're primarily women and their job is like is you, you can't um, you know even during the pandemic you know they were going out there and taking care of people's children and mm. working in crashes etc. Um, and their their job is really invaluable, um, and their and their livelihoods have have deteriorated over the course of like um, over the course of not only the pandemic but you know long before that as well. Um, and so there's there's a demand to provide more um, protections for Anganwadi and Asha workers. Um, the eighth demand was provide full protection and insurance cover for frontline workers serving the people in the midst of the pandemic. Basically, you know, paramedical staff, healthcare people, uh, auxiliary staff, sanitation workers, etc, etc, to basically provide them with medical coverage and insurance coverage. Um, the ninth demand is to increase 
पब्लिक इन्वेस्टमेंट इन एग्रीकल्चर एजुकेशन हेल्थ एंड अदर क्रूशल पब्लिक सर्विसेज बाय रेजिंग नेचुरल रेजिंग रिसोर्सेज फ्रॉम हायर टैक्सेशन ऑफ द रिच इन ऑर्डर टू रिवाइव एंड रिवैम दिवैम द इकोनॉमी सो सिंस द कोविड नाइन्टीन पैंडेमिक दे बिन अज जॉब लॉस दे बिन अज यू नो अनएम्प्लॉयमेंट प्रॉब्लम इज वेल सो एंड इन दिस एंड इन दिस टाइम large corporations have made a killing they've made huge 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 profit profit during this time um but they've not all a, a lot of these billionaires in india have not paid uh, the right amount of taxes as well and they've got tax concessions during this time as well so that's really like un, you know unbelievable that these that in one of the you know right that in the situation when the poorest is like you know getting even poorer that you are making an inordinate amount of profit and the government is basically allowing this to happen um and the 10th demand was for um, basically to uh, substantially reduce central excise duty on petroleum products and take concrete steps to arrest price rise so basically ever since the the modi government the bjp government has been in place um there's been uh, an increase in the in the price of petrol Uh, inordinate increase not only in petrol but also natural gas cooking gas as well uh, making it very very hard for for people to afford gas etc um and also be- people are looking for alternative sources of to cook their food as well uh, and this just goes to you know the the you know the inflationary rates not only from oil acquired from opec plus saudi arabia but also you know the 7 to 8% of oil that is acquired from the us as well uh, because a lot of the oil and natural gas are imports from india of course india has its own you know uh, oil reserves as well but a lot most of the oil comes from abroad um the 11th demand was to regularize all contract work and scheme work uh, and ensure equal pay for all um for all workers basically mm-hmm. you know contract workers you know and scheme workers right. uh, who who are like the asha and anganwadi workers uh, you know they they don't have any employment guarantees they don't have any income guarantees so first you have to regularize all of that and you know have a sort of like situation where everybody is getting paid and ensured and and situation where all of them are ensured to get paid as well and the final demand that they had was cancel the new pension scheme and restore the old scheme increase minimum pension under the employee employees pension scheme uh, so the nps which is the new pension scheme has just basically destroyed the securities towards the um, towards the uh, uh, the 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 older generation uh, basically and um, so basically what they're doing now the government is what what they're trying to do is they wash their hands of all the security towards the retirees and basically funnel it on these pension funds to to help like you know stock market and the share market speculation basically they're funneling in into the share market and mm-hmm. then you know uh, you know people who observed the the rise in prices uh, or the rise in share prices go up uh, it's helping them and it's not helping the the older generation but these are the the general 12 demands of right. the um, of the of the trade unions and you you mentioned in there about you know there was some do- demands around the farmers 
struggle. I'm just curious, do you know, is there, is there like a formal connection between any of the unions and the farmers through like parties or anything like that? Do you know, or are they kind of just looking to the farmers and, and, and kind of including some of their demands or? Oh yeah. So, um, so I can tell you directly. So the Samyukta Kishan Mocha was, um, was basically formed as a result of the AIKS, which is the All India Kisan Sabha, mm. which is the peasants and, you know, farmers union, uh, uh, workers union created by the Communist Party of India Marxist. And CITU, which is the Center for Trade Unions, is also created by the, uh, is a mass organization of trade unions created by the Communist Party of India Marxist. So basically, there's an overlap of 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 demand. So the when during the 250 million protest, the not only the were well, the farmers protesting during this time in the entirety of 2021, it was also um, you know union workers who who came to the fold during this time as well. So this is a sort of like call back to the fact that now since the the farmers' laws have been withdrawn and they still have the demands that they showed up to the protests for the labor unions, for the trade unions. Mm. So there's a so there's a con- direct connection to who to not only who's organizing these protests, but also to, you know, the 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 interconnection within this struggle as well. That realizing that this is not an isolated struggle, that everybody is being oppressed the almost the same way by the by the fascist uh, BJP government. Right. And then, you know, you also mentioned in there, there were some things about fuel prices and oil. You know, we know there's a proxy war going on in Ukraine right now with the U.S. and NATO uh, encroaching on one side and, 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 and Russia on the other side. Uh, what effect is that having? I know there's been some, you know, yeah. like kind of calls on India to disconnect from Russia or something. And obviously, you know, people have said, well, we're going to make our own decisions, what we do, what's in the best interest of ourselves. Um, right. is, is this having an impact on the current situation there, do you think, or do they get most of their fuel from other sources? Well, uh, like I said, you know, India, India gets most of its oil from Saudi Arabia, um, and, uh, basically OPEC plus, right. Mm. And seven to 8% of that oil comes from, from the U S as well. Um, right now with the current war that's going on in, in Ukraine, um, you know, and the sanctions against Russia. Uh, well, it's, you know, Russia is offering a better deal to India in terms of, of not only, uh, you, you know, cutting away from the petrodollar, but also, you know, in doing this deal, it will not only secure the, the rise in valuation of the rubles to the rupees, but it will also, you know, provide oil to India at a very nominal rate right. uh, in comparison to what OPEC plus and in comparison to what the US has to offer. And of course, this is uh, at at an ire to the United States as well, right. because, they, because they see India as an ally. And now India is siding with Russia uh, that, you know, they're now like, so since US interests are in, um, you know, uh, are under attack that they they want to now uh, sanction uh, you know uh, they've called for sanctions against India which of course I think it's 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 a really sanctions are an act of war uh, right. I believe uh, and they India, are yeah absolutely they are and uh, India you know India is not 
uh, just to inform all of our listeners as well, this is not the first time the US has, you know, uh, sanctioned or planned to sanction India. Um, uh, in nineteen sixty, in nineteen sixty one, when uh, you know, you know, up to, up until nineteen sixty one, you know, po- Portugal still had a colony in India. Uh, the Portuguese uh, kings they basically you know had a dominion on Goa, which is one of the western states. Um, and basically, Jawaharlal Nehru, who was the press, who was the prime minister at that point in time, had basically sent in tanks into Goa and forcefully removed the Portuguese government. Um, and in doing so, Portugal, who was a part of NATO at that point in time, uh, went went to America and look, hey, look, these guys have kicked us out from our rightful dominion, and they they planned to do sanctions against India at that point in time. The 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 the, the next time they the you know there was uh, sanctions against India was when India was trying to utilize nuclear weapons, um, and right. we actually did nuclear testing in Pokhran in in the Thar Desert. Um, as well, and we did it despite the the threats of the U.S. And when in, when the U.S. actually actually sanctioned it, India, it was when uh, India, you know, and there were two two parts of the sanction. The first part of the sanction was when India was um, had you know we have our own space program, the Indian mm. uh, Space Research Organization, right. and we wanted to uh, acquire cryogenic f- fuel. Uh, cryogenic technology from the Soviet Union at this point in time because India and Russia's uh, uh, and the Soviet Union was extremely uh, close allies and we wanted to acquire this fuel for our testing purposes etc and the US saw this as a as a direct conflict and they sanctioned India at that point in time um, and this would also go so far as uh, the sanctions in 98 which were economic sanctions which were levied against the uh, the Indian government by the the Clinton administration. Um, so this is part of an ongoing process of uh, yeah. trying to strip economic ties between uh, uh, Russia and India. Um, yeah. You know, advantageous. You know, so that they are more dependent on the United States. Um, you know, the last thing I was just going to say. The you know I've been seeing over the past couple of days, and I don't know the character really, but I've been seeing a lot of uh, uh, things about like a big uh, some big protests in Sri Lanka. Um, again, this was around, you know, food and fuel prices. I think we're going to be seeing more of that. Obviously this whole, um, you know, the, there, there's uh, price gouging. Uh, there's also are some supply chain, uh, constraints just based on the way that capitalism has set up our supply chains. Do you think, I mean, it's clear we're going to see more of these, um, big protests around the world, especially related to, you know, the cost of living. Do you think we have a lot of, uh, potential for, international worker and peasant solidarity and things like that oh yeah most definitely and you know the situation in 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 sri lanka is not like you know uh just because of the current um you know the the government of um gotabaya rajapaksa mm. uh it this is like decades of like decades of like the country's uh, the, the country's poor uh, you know uh, decisions to basically alienate the working population and make it right. harder uh, for them to, you know, subsist, basically. Um, and we're seeing this play out in Sri Lanka as well. Um, and it's and it's very, very sad to see. And, you know, there's, there's huge protests going on at this point in time. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, what we what we are seeing now is a is a revival of like, 
international labor you know uh, labor movements right uh, as it was during the 1970s and 1980s um, and it sort of died down you know after the collapse of the soviet union but now it's now it's picking back up again and it's and it's good to see yeah. and it's just uh, it's reflective of the fact that you know the, the you know the the west and the us is basically it's it's a crumbling empire it's it's it's, a, it's an empire in decline and because it's an empire in decline the the conditions of the working people inside these countries inside the west are also worsening so mm-hmm. they are also like we are also like you know uh you know uh becoming more attuned to our working conditions to our uh to to what our conditions are becoming and this is increasing and heightening our political political consciousness as well and yeah. um, it it's a good time to organize at this point in time it's good time for uh, labor organizations for communist organizations for sol- socialist organizations to take the reins of this of this discontent that's that's being uh shared amongst the world's people i agree yeah we have a, we're, i think we're in store for a lot uh and so we need to be uh kind of keeping our eyes open and ready to uh ready to step in uh where and when uh struggles develop um and also you know to just again get information on what's actually going on i think that's always like a key step is uh you know fully understanding the struggle that's going on you know what the right, demands right. are um you know if you're not directly you know, tied to it. Anything else you want to share with folks about the situation in India or anything else coming up? Um, well, you did ask me what are some good sources to follow news. That's right? true. I did. Um, um, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, sources that, you know, that don't get, uh, highlighted, you know, mm. um, and I think that you know uh, that that's that's really sad because there's a there's a whole blackout uh, of media blackout from from all over the world. Regarding there is, there these. really is, yeah. Um. So I I I'm recently I'm going to write an article. I've also already submitted the article for Fightback News, um, regarding the current uh, protests that are going on, and this basically covers everything I talked about today. Uh, and that's basically, you know, shortened form of, this is a, just a shortened form of what I wrote in that article. Uh, Fightback News is a good source. Um, you know, there's always News Click, which is an Indian news source, which is really great to follow. Okay. In terms, uh, uh, newsclick.com is, is a, re- uh, uh, sorry, newsclick.in is a okay. really good, is a really good uh, source to follow news on India. People's Dispatch is a really good source to follow in general on international news, etc. Um, international news is, is is covered very highly on 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 People's Dispatch as well. Um, but and there's a bunch of other sources as well um, uh, that people can follow, like Telesur. Like a uh, Telesur is an absolutely fantastic source to follow on on news on Latin America. There's Orinoco News. Orinoco Tribune, actually, Orinoco Tribune, which is a good source to follow on Venezuela and Colombia. Uh, there's Kawaschun News, uh, follows news between Bolivia, Venezuela. Um, there's, uh, there's also Chinese publications like Xinhua News, uh, China Daily, CGTN is, of course, uh, 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 also a, a good source to follow. Um, there's Counterpunch. 
a whole bunch of whole bunch of news sources out mm-hmm. there that that people can follow uh and they and and there's a key difference you know there's the there's the corporatized news which is which you know basically tries to uh hide away from the fact that from the fact of 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 labor unions and things like that we right. saw yesterday uh the amazing success of the amazon labor union mm-hmm. uh we heard chris small's talk and how, how his story is so heartening right yeah like it is he, he was fired from Amazon from organizing a labor now union. Now he's going to be the president of the Amazon labor union. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic story, right? It there. is, and, and it's not just him. It's everybody who helped him organize in that union. Yep. People often often individualize the struggle, but it's everybody around him as well who, mm-hmm. who 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 led to that amazing victory. And what company does he work for? He works for the for Amazon, right? Yeah, that say that same Amazon that owns the Washington Post. That yep. has been d- deliberately not not writing or not writing correctly on this Amazon uh, labor union strikes. Right, right. So how can we trust the corporate media when they're all when they're owned by these these these? Uh, pardon my language, assholes <laughs> like like uh, right. like like Jeff Bezos who have nothing to do but send their cars into space. Yep, and and like you know uh, look like clowns and go to space etc. and uh, basically alienate the their workers. It basically worsen the lives of their own workers. Not allow them to go and use the bathroom. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the. Um... You know, these ongoing uh, strikes, I think the Amazon strike, uh, uh, the Amazon union win um, is going to be, you know, a huge uh, motivating factor for a lot of other people. I think, you know, it already has been. It's, you know, you can see all over like social media, people talking about it, people talking about their own workplaces. So I think, you know, there's a lot of lot of motion going on right now. And so we're going to be seeing. There's also the the Starbucks union that that uh, that got a lot of success yesterday as well. Right. That 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 uh, people uh, are not as following as much as the Amazon uh, success. Right. I've been trying to connect with some Starbucks workers. I have yet to uh, to get that sorted out, but they're still kind of busy in this in the middle of their uh, organizing stuff. But hopefully, as more and more uh, more and more uh, stores come out publicly, then we can. Uh, really start to hear from those workers. I think there is actually an event tomorrow that I'm going to be trying to attend where some Starbucks workers, well, it's an online event that I'm going to be trying to attend where some Starbucks workers will be talking. So hopefully I can get some content from there as well. Good, good. That's great. Thanks so much for your time, Rick. I really appreciate the chance to talk to you about the uh, general strike in India. That is our special. Thanks for listening. As always, you can reach out to us on SoundCloud or Facebook or send us an email at socialist.news.views at gmail.com. This has been a Socialist News and Views special interview.